Hey. Yeah, you gotta leave, buddy. I'm sorry. Awkward. <laughs> uh, Shall we take this elsewhere? Hello, and welcome to the Binary Chain. We're your hosts. My name is Andrew, and I'm joined by Tom and special guest Rob. Hey, hey. Hey. Uh, so today we're going to discuss, I think, just a little bit of catch-up stuff and just uh, nerding out about probably our current computing setups. Uh, and to discuss, Rob is a, like, basically so far a lifelong Android uh, diehard. Recently moved to iPhone, so we're going to get some of his impressions on that. Um, and Rob, did you switch carriers or are you still on Verizon? I'm still on Verizon. They, oh. I, I was eyeing a T-Mobile switch, but they... Uh, they unleashed their unlimited data at the last minute, and um, I guess it was a good enough deal for me to stick around. Yeah, is still cheaper though. So I that's believe. funny because Rob, you've like survived on an unlimited plan since Verizon can the unlimited plans all the yeah. way to like the day after they brought them back. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was like uh, I knew if I left, I'd never get it back. <laughs> so, that. <laughs> yep. That's how I feel about AT and T as well. I'm still riding out the original, like the original unlimited plan from the like the first iPhone. Uh, I'm on a family plan with so much data and a couple of pretty much old people. So uh, we have like 26 gigs of data on our family plan, which I think is effectively unlimited since I'm just I have all of it to myself. So you're just swimming in your giant pool of data. Like yeah. <laughs> Scrooge McDuck from DuckTales. All, all podcasts and auto-download don't care. <laughs> I'm, I'm also on a family plan, but my parents are not on unlimited data. Um, and my mother started um, going over her 5 gigabyte cap every month because of Pokemon Go. Oh my god, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Does she still play or uh, has the novelty worn off on that one? I think the novelty's worn off, but uh, it was pretty funny. <laughs> That's really funny. That's funny. We were trying to we were trying to get her to switch on to uh, an, uh, an unlimited line, but like you can't, you know, change your lines around. And uh, it was basically like if you touch your unlimited plan in any way, it goes away. So <laughs> it was basically like we're spending, I don't know, years just trying to. <laughs> avoid being noticed and basically oh. it's like it's like never go to a verizon store you know never ever talk to anyone just keep moving the sim the same exact sim over and over again yeah i so, cut my, i cut my sim twice <laughs> nice <laughs> uh we Rob, did that are once you, you are, able, sorry, sorry. are you able to tether on your on your verizon unlimited plan yeah and the new one they give you 10 gigs so i wasn't before officially able to but um i had I've been in a habit of hacking up my phones to enable it without the provisioning check, mm-hmm. which is kind of a hassle because then once you modify your system partition, you can't get the over-the-air updates. So every time I have to up- update, I have to flash the whole phone. So it was getting to be a hassle. So I had stopped doing that and then once I switched over the new unlimited plan, they, they allowed it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm still on the AT&T one and AT&T is uh, not really 
they're you know trying to make it as unattractive as possible for those remaining unlimited plans. I cannot tether, so it's just very sad. And I, I guess I could potentially hack the iPhone, but yeah, for all those reasons, it's just it's a hassle. Yeah, well, I, I, I heard AT and T is bringing theirs back now too. Yeah, so they are, but it's all it's like much more expensive. So I'm on a much cheaper plan somehow. Huh. Uh, the, well, first of all, I'm nursing like a corporate discount from <laughs> an employer like four employers ago, uh, <laughs> and I don't want to lose that. And I think my bill's like eighty four bucks with taxes and everything. So I'm like, you know what? Uh, I don't want to change that. The T Mobile the T Mobile plan is the only one that comes close price wise. So I think that's eighty dollars for unlimited plus tethering, and there's that includes taxes and fees. But I'm still not sure about T-Mobile. I'm like, ah, what if it sucks, and then I have to switch back, and then I'll lose the AT&T plan. Yeah, there's just too many variables. I feel like AT&T is probably worse than T-Mobile at this point. Just uh, coverage. Oh my Ma- god, Mala, so Mala has T-Mobile, and I have AT&T, and I mean. When we drove across the country, both of them were really surprisingly solid. Uh, but kind of adding the boonies, AT&T definitely still has an advantage. And just like in like weird places, like there are a lot of valleys in San Francisco. So you like get a lot of dead zones. And it does seem like AT&T has better coverage over here and in New York. I think they're, they have like the spectrum advantage, basically. So their stuff works a little bit better. Apparently, though, the West Village is an entire dead zone for AT&T. I can't. I can barely make a phone call from my apartment, which is brutal. And when my wife called to complain to AT and T, they're like, "Well, we can. Make, we'll send you like a free sort of femto cell, or you know, the the little cellular extender that you can plug in the internet." And they like pulled up the map, and they're like, "Oh my god, there's hundreds of these things <laughs> in the West Village because they're all they're all like tied up to GPS, so AT and T knows where they are." Um, so they have, yeah, a real problem in my neighborhood. So that might, you know, I'm tempted to switch. Anne was on, she had a, um, grandfathered unlimited on AT&T as well. And she was paying like 90 something a month. The AT&T unlimited plan started throttling you, I guess. And I don't know. So with the new Verizon plan, it's like only $20 for each additional line. So they kind of encourage you to just go nuts and pile on a family plan. That's yeah. uh yeah. Uh, they, I mean, the family plans are definitely the carriers preferred things. Cause it's just bundling all these contracts together. It's, and so sticky. I it's know. like one thing, it's like hard enough to like get yourself to switch as an individual, but like getting the entire family to switch. Oh man. Yeah. They know that it's uphill battle. So she's on that and saving now. Uh, at least seventy dollars a month. So now you both have iPhones. Do you are you on iMessage now with each other? Um. Yeah, I guess I'm back and forth between WhatsApp and iMessage. Just I don't know. I'm not sure which one's better. I'm pretty sure iMessage is the better option on uh, iPhone, but I guess we're just stuck in habit. But um, yeah, the the WhatsApp uh, app is much nicer on Android. I feel I don't really care for the WhatsApp app on iPhone. I agree. It seems to work a little bit smoother, and everything about it just seems a little bit more massaged on Android. But I mean, their their target and primary audience is on Android, so that makes sense. 
Yeah, so we're, uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm actually just like going back and forth between the two just at random. <laughs> I still haven't made up my mind. Um, Even though Slack is garbage, uh, Tom and I end up using just like Slack private channels more than iMessage now. Huh. Well, you, you uh, know, it's also like my work uses, um, I have a Slack account for work. Uh, okay. And so it's nice to have all the chat kind of nicely integrated in one platform. Yeah, that's the uh, same with mine. We use Slack at work, so it's just nice to have it open. Uh, do you have... Uh, can you be signed into multiple, um, I don't know, accounts at the same time? I've never actually yeah, you, had a work can, Slack you account. You can actually, believe it or not. It's, yeah. it's pretty fantastic. Yeah. However, I don't actually use the native client because the native client for Windows is horrendous. So I actually just keep them up in separate tabs in Chrome. Oh, smart. That seems like, yeah, I the chances of me ever getting a, getting Slack at work are like, <laughs> 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 it would just be, it's just be like a nightmare for them. Like, I don't think that's, yeah, that's not in the cards. You're like actually like not able to connect out to the internet unless you go through a proxy and everything is logged. <laughs> like you can't do anything on a computer without like having it logged in four different places. So uh, Slack is like the nightmare scenario for them because <laughs> they'd pretty much just have to allow you to connect to any, you know, any uh, team or whatever. You can't like say, oh, you can only connect to the corporate team because Slack is all like in the cloud. Just got to let people out to connect to Slack. But like once you're out there. Yeah, I mean, can't really control. Then it's up to Slack, which has a completely perfect track record when it comes to hacking. Much sarcasm intended. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, but so iMessage is nice because you can send messages with fireworks and lasers. So yeah. you know, where else can you do that? Oh my god, <laughs> that just makes me. It just it makes me so disappointed that those are somehow like marquee features of the app uh, in post Jobs era. But uh, so. Um, yeah, so I I feel like iMessage definitely has it's it's good. I just, the fact that it's multi-platform makes me extremely timid in terms of actually using it on a day-to-day basis. Because uh, I just I hate platform lock-in. <laughs> oh man, I just got some lasers. Ooh, did you? I was hoping that would actually go off in the and let me hear it in the. Uh background <laughs> oh the phone <laughs> the phone's on silent hold on let me try this again oh that's my phone hang on i actually I screwed that one up are there actually is there sound or just vibration force touch this is from the same people who brought you the ridiculous apple features oh my god my phone is going crazy <laughs> <laughs> I do like the little. Uh, I do like the force touch, though. It it can stimulate a variety of feelings, like being at a fireworks show or perhaps a rave. <laughs> <laughs> I like the uh, slam effect personally. Mm. The hmm. slam effect, yeah. Oh man, I just discovered when you turn your phone sideways, it lets you do handwriting. Oh, that's actually kind of fun to like because it basically people can see. Like it'll remember the quote brush strokes, 
And so it'll appear in the order. Like it, it won't just send the image. It'll send the process of you drawing the image. <laughs> How do you get into this mode? I just, you turn this, turn the phone sideways. I, I do that, and I just get a landscape keyboard. Huh. Oh, really? Uh, just literally turn the phone sideways. Hmm. But you yeah. get the plus? Yeah. I have the, yeah. Well, you both have the plus. Yeah. I've got the seven plus. Oh, and okay. So if you have, if you're getting the keyboard in the lower right hand corner, mm-hmm. uh, there's like a little squiggle button, and that'll change the keyboard to a drawing pad. What the? F- uh, I'm using Gboard. Is that going to be? Is that why I don't have a squiggle button? Yes. Okay. You have to go to the stock keyboard. Oh well, that I have that fully disabled, so that's not that's not about to happen. Okay. Um, <laughs> although I've like, because what's happened, I've gotten myself in that mode before. Because what happens is that Gboard will crash pretty often, and then dump me back into the stock keyboard, and the stock keyboard will automatically convert to that. It's a great experience, actually. Uh, I'm trying to draw something, but it's not coming out well. This is this is fantastic podcast yeah, listening right now. <laughs> um, so, okay, uh, so Rob, yeah. yeah. So, what other apps do you have on your phone that you've downloaded? Like, is there anything that's notably notably better? Uh, let's see here. Um, well, just the camera experience is a lot better than the Nexus Six. Um, like video recording in particular is really nice. Um, I kind of only have the apps that were immediately obvious, but oh, um, I have, let's see, AdGuard Pro, the uh, content blocker. That's new. That's actually something that was getting me kind of pissed off at Android. Uh, my home screen just crashed. <laughs> uh, I, like, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, just generally the feeling that like Google was using Android to like shove ads down my throat at every opportunity and like steal every piece of personal information at every juncture. <laughs> um, like the fact that they wouldn't add a option to block third-party cookies for years and years in Chrome. Oh my God, really? They finally added it maybe in the last year. But there's still no content blocker options. Um, yeah, I have um ad block on my iPhone. I haven't enabled it. I have another like random uh, content blocker, but ad block apparently runs a VPN back to the phone and allows you to block all ads in all like system wide. Yeah, I bought the uh, the AdGuard Pro. There's like a regular version. The Pro version just includes like that VPN. So the 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 regular mode just uses Safari's um, content blocker API, and then the the pro version gives you the the option to block it in other apps by DNS blackholing the ad servers. I need to. I really need to enable that myself because I, I have actually, I have yeah. it on my phone. So I used to have you know Marco Armet's. Uh, I guess what was it called? Peace. Uh, yeah. He, he had a content or ad blocker, but then he kind of like rescinded it, but. Um, or sort of like removed it from the store, but I had it, but then he stopped supporting it. 
So then I got a new iPhone. So I was using that, but I guess maybe it wasn't that effective. And then I got a new iPhone. And I kind of forgot about the feature. So if you were going to recommend one to download, do you have anyone in particular for the iPhone? Was it that one that you just mentioned, Rob? Um, I haven't. I haven't tried them all. Uh, there was one that seemed to get a lot of um, recommendations. Was called One Blocker, but the Pro version was like five bucks, and this one seemed to be roughly as good. And the Pro version was two bucks. And uh, actually, the this uh, AdGuard is like full featured um, in terms of capabilities in the the free version. One Blocker you get like a bunch of different options of like what you want to block. So there's like the ad networks, the tracking malware, et cetera, et cetera. There's probably like 10 different options and you can only have one of them enabled at a time unless you pay the $5 for the like full version. Mm -hmm. So I was like, ah, eh, that's kind of, kind of scammy. Yeah. Um, and then there's like a Firefox browser, privacy browser, called Firefox Focus, um, but it also has a content blocker that plugs into the Safari content blocker API, and um, I kind of I made it, might have both of them enabled, but... Um, so it's a, it's a separate browser that also has the extension for Safari. Yeah, um, so you can use it as a browser, and it's actually seems decent um but it seems it's kind of like uh privacy focused you know blocks tracking cookies and whatnot uh it seems like it's kind of always in incognito mode it's kind of like mm -hmm. interesting um kind of way to target the browser is like a privacy focused browser <laughs> it's kind <laughs> of like a response to chrome i guess which is the not privacy focused browser. <laughs> um. uh, so just in the background here, I I enable the ad block. Yeah, it's just called ad block. Basically, the VPN uh, setting on it, and then I went into some like free to play bridge building game that I have that is just covered in advertisements. It's insane. Like it's literally unplayable because the advertisements and there was not a single advertisement in the app. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that was pretty. That's pretty legit. Yeah, I I like the uh, concept, but it kind of sketches me out that you have to have like VPN turned on <laughs> yeah, all the too. time because then you can they could be like you know I feel like I don't really know exactly what that's doing and maybe they're funneling that off through their own servers and just uh, harvesting information or whatever. I doubt AdBlock would do that, right? They seem like a pretty non-scammy company. Ha ha ha. Okay. Um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And you paid for that? Uh, I got it when it was free. Okay. It was free for like one day and I picked it up. Nice. Yes, I think it's like two bucks right now. Yeah, they seem to be mostly in the two to five dollar range. Um, and I just don't know which one's better than the other. So I just, you know, kind of picked one that worked and looked Have you somewhat used professional and clean. Have you used Apple News at all or any of the other built-in apps? I... Uh, I do use Apple News. I don't know why. It just kind of pestered me to turn it on when I set up the phone, and now it's like sending me alerts constantly, and I just haven't bothered to turn it off yet. Um, yeah, I don't know. 
the I feel like <laughs> watching the news lately just makes me depressed. So yeah, just avoiding that. <laughs> I turned off all the news alerts. It might just be the times in which we're living. <laughs> um, have you? There's also like the health app that does the uh, health monitoring and stuff like that, but I don't think that's as good as the Android version. I haven't used that like at the, all. The, the built-in health app? Yeah. Oh, the built-in health app is awful. Yeah, it's just like, and the way the desi- like the way it like presents information, the way it's designed, like it's just it's it actually couldn't be worse, right? Like I just cannot imagine how it could be worse. It, it could it be, cannot be any worse. change would make it better. Like anything. The graphs make no sense. You can't really <laughs> customize the time range. Like it's just it's awful. It, it's an embarrassment. It is. I, I think it is just like a repository for data that allows other apps to like hook into it. And so it was just not meant to be designed to be like, it wasn't designed to be, you know, user, like really user focused. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it is, it's embarrassing. It's I, for, for a company like Apple who has the watch and they have like a separate health tracking app. If you have the Apple watch, like with the activity bars, mm-hmm. it's like, why do you like, why would you separate those apps? You know, like just make it one app. It's, it's Yeah. Not happy with that one. I also, um, you know, I wore the Apple Watch for a couple of days, and then I did a basically a database dump because you can export all the stuff uh, if you can figure it out, basically, uh, from Apple Health. And the way that it organizes data internally is just not that great, uh, and it's not that easy to use the data. Uh, just the like the way it actually records it and logs it is just not not great. Um, just, how do I describe it? Uh, basically, like it keeps all the data in these weird intervals, and sometimes ha- records data, and sometimes doesn't, and so the intervals are really, really spotty, and uh, it's just it's not particularly functional. So uh, they get no points for that. <laughs> no good. Um, so <laughs> Rob, are you okay with like the lack of customization options on the iPhone compared to Android? I mean, like Android is essentially like a it's like having a PC where you can like you know, really adjust every, everything, uh, maybe, maybe too much. The options can be a little overwhelming. Um, but well, yeah. How I, do you feel about that? Um, I didn't really customize an- Android that much. Like, I feel like I'm also kind of in the minority and that I was probably one of the few people, you know, <laughs> the 5% of people who are using like stock Android on a Nexus device where you actually get, you know, the Google experience and it's like, good and clean and well designed and well thought out and it's not got like a bunch of shit later on top of it um Touch I, was. <laughs> yeah so i mean i i'm more interested in like a cohesive you know well thought out um just thoughtfully designed interface and actually i feel like android stock android you know google android is uh got iphone maybe beat in a couple of ways um like notifications are a lot better on android i feel s- still <laughs> um they, i mean just, it basically hasn't changed at all on the on ios the keyboard situation that we talked about previously um the settings app just seems like why why aren't these just in like you have to go into the settings app to change the settings for all the different uh, <laughs> apps. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why they did that. Um, 
notifications i can complain about notifications all day like um one thing i really liked on android uh that came i think in android 6 was you can when the phone is locked it'll pop up notifications on your home screen but it won't show you the contents of the message so it'll say like oh you got a you got a uh, gmail message but it won't show what's in the message or you got an sms but it won't show you what's in that uh, and there's there is the capability to do that it seems on ios but it's like up to the app to figure that out whereas on android if you turn on the like privacy mode on the lock screen it basically defaults to not showing the contents of the notification and then if the the app decides okay well this isn't sensitive information it can like opt out of that so for like your podcasting app where you know no one cares if you can see the contents of that when your phone is locked you can interact with that and see what's going on but like for everything else it just defaults to not showing so you know the six different messaging apps that you use y'all don't have to configure them separately it just works so you have to go through this is probably a list of like 40 apps and like configure the notifications on each one individually and on, on ios and that's like really frustrating <laughs> yeah also i just feel like uh they make it you have to like drill down to do the toggles too so when you have to make a lot of changes in the settings you're like doing a lot of back and forth yeah and so also i mean the other thing is um it seems like most apps other than the apple ones there, there's like a show previews option which would give you the same functionality on it like a per app basis but like most apps don't implement that it's only like iMessage and and the the built-in um mail app which may go to the kind of ios apple stuff is like the the first class citizen and everything else is second class um well, it's funny because they've even they've even like exposed a lot of APIs, but it's been taken taken a lot of messaging apps a long time to really take advantage of them, like the quick reply feature, which has been an Android for a while. Um, on iOS, is kind of its support is really spotty. It's also weird because you have to like force touch to get that field. Uh, can't you to, just pull to... down the me- pull the messages down? Oh, can you? Mm-hmm. Oh, like I've if been, it I've been like doing it wrong the whole time. If it like uh, gets a little banner notification on the top, you could pull down on the banner. Oh, I see. Um, but that feature, that quick reply feature, is so slow on my iPhone that I don't use it. And are you are you on the uh, the success? I'm on just the regular six. Okay, six. So you pull that it, when you pull that down, the Gaussian blur effect just takes a very long time to actually enable and so by the time everything is fully rendered you're like might as well have just hopped into the app itself not a problem for either of you guys <laughs> yeah uh so uh, rob did you are you did you just buy the phone outright or uh did you come into a contract or did you do the sort of apple upgrade plan uh i went through a very roundabout procedure um so when Ann ported her number over, Verizon has a promotion where you can trade in anything back to like an iPhone 6 for a $650 credit um, towards, uh, so, so you get the phone on a, like the device equipment, they call it 
equipment finance plan. I don't know. So they they break they divide it by 24 and charge you for two years. But then you send back like an iPhone 6, and you can get a credit for like uh, $650 divided by 24. <laughs> so, $650 divide by 24 take the square root of that multiply <laughs> that by 5 divide that by 27 and you got your you got your cost yeah so it basically <laughs> ends up being like so $10, $10 a month um, but I feel like that's kind of like you know a trick to keep you locked in because I feel like if you, you can't just pay off the they, they like want you to be on the if you ever end your um, your service with Verizon you lose the that account credit it doesn't like you know just give it to you that $650 it's like you have to stick around for two years to wait it out to get the full $650 but so Anne is keeping her iPhone 6 so uh, (laughs) I was like okay well I want to buy an iPhone 7 and they didn't offer that to existing customers so I took her trade-in credit and bought a phone on Swappa for two hundred and twenty dollars, and I'm sending it back to Verizon to get the six hundred and fifty dollar credit. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> that is amazing. That's great. So, I still have. Uh, I still have. We still have one old six uh, iPhone six, I guess, hanging around for a rainy day. Maybe I can use it in such a scheme one day. <laughs> Yeah, it seems like um, it seems like the carriers are pretty intermittent on that stuff. So I figured I might as well just grab it while the opportunity was there. Like the uh, they'll sometimes have you know promos where you can get a phone if you trade in your other phone, which clearly isn't worth that much. But they offered me they offered me zero dollars for my Nexus Six, and then they. Uh, then my sister's old phone is like a Moto X second gen, and they they offered five dollars for that. <laughs> oh my five dollars! <laughs> They're like, uh, you have to pay us to to recycle this. Yeah, uh, it's like y- you could tur- you could you could turn this into you could like melt this down, turn it into a, a paperweight, and sell it for Etsy and get more than five dollars for it. <laughs> That's kind of hilarious. So, so yeah, I guess there's a lot of news with a lot of news with phones this week between Rob making the switch and all the carriers sort of unlocking their unlimited plans once again. Um, so yay competition, right? <laughs> yeah, that that that's worked out. Although I feel like they're just bearing a lot of other provisions in there, so we'll see. Well, they yeah, kind of have license from the FCC now to do whatever they want. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, it's funny. It's like I went to Verizon site to like check out that eight dollar plan, and they're like, "Well, the actual plan is one hundred and twenty dollars, but there's this one time credit, and this other temporary credit, and this fee is waived, and that's how we get to eighty dollars." And I'm like, "That doesn't sound yeah, very consumer <laughs> All these games <laughs> yeah. on pricing that we've been talking about this entire episode, pretty much, is just not the way the market should really work. Yep. So, uh, in other news, I've been uh, I've been messing around with like various VR experiences and VR hacks. Oh, right. So you've been doing some like three D emulation of GameCube. Yes, Wii? both. Yeah. So there's this there's this emulator called Dolphin, uh, which is a GameCube and Nintendo Wii emulator for the PC, 
and some some guy has made like a fork of Dolphin to create uh, another app called Dolphin VR, which is essentially it, it still emulates GameCube and Wii games, but it makes them compatible in virtual reality. And so what that means is it doesn't just put like a flat screen in front of you in VR. It actually transforms the the game into sort of like a full like 360 degree experience and somehow makes it like stereoscopic 3d uh which is kind of cool so um i i you know i think the compatibility of various games with this is, is pretty spotty but there are a couple that supposedly work really well um and one of those is a game i never actually really had a chance to play and that's super mario galaxy uh, which is, you know, a 3D Mario game where he is on all these like little mini planets and it's there's like fun little gravity effects and it's cool. And that's it's it's like playing, you know, Super Mario 64 essentially in VR because the game's a 3D game already. So it's rendering kind of a 360 degree environment and it just sort of unlocks the unlocks the ability for you to like look around and then turns that into a kind of a 3D image by some some magic i have no idea how it, how it does that um so it's pretty cool uh it was a little bit of work to get it working uh there are zillions of settings in here um and it's not clear what the set like what settings you should check so i i just found a bunch of like reddit threads on on the topic and followed some random people's suggestions on like what to turn on and off and what to toggle um and but um, the good news is that Super Mario Galaxy works pretty well. I mean, you're in this 3D world. It, it's surprisingly not buggy. Um, the only challenge was getting a Wiimote to work properly with, with the computer. So Wiimotes, believe it or not, are Bluetooth, which is surprising. Um, Actually, I think PlayStation 3 remotes are as well. They are, but, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But you can never just get them to work. Of course not, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Um, and so, you know, I connected the Wiimote to my computer through Bluetooth, like the app, I got the app, like the, the VR dolphin VR program to sort of detect it. Um, and then I was like, oh my God. So the buttons work fine, but the motion control didn't work because there was no light. I I didn't have sort of a, one of those sensor bars, which actually don't sense anything but they just like emit some um infrared lights which helps the wiimote orient itself and that's what allows the pointing ability so i have a sensor bar hooked up to a wii u and so i tried to use that and eventually got it working it was way more difficult than it should have been but it was really janky so i have like these wii the wiimote i have is like one of the motion plus controllers and apparently there's something funky going on with like the Bluetooth stack in Microsoft Windows that doesn't play nice with these Wii Motion Plus controllers. And so it was just like a ton of lag between and it was like jumpy. It just wasn't working that well. So I ordered this product off Amazon for like 20, 22 bucks or something like that called Dolphin Bar. And it's essentially like designed to work well with this emulator and it works well with these Wii Motion Plus controllers which is pretty cool. So what you do is you plug this thing into your you into the USB port on your computer 
Um, it self-installs a driver, and you connect your Wiimote to the Dolphin Bar, which connects via Bluetooth or something like that. It's like it's totally hacked and jerry-rigged, but it actually works pretty well. And then in VR, like it, it totally made the uh, the Wiimote work smoothly. Now the only catch with uh with using the Wiimote in VR is that the range of motion of the Wiimote is limited to sort of like almost like a virtual like screen in front of you so even though you can kind of see in 360 degrees there's only you know about I don't know 20 degrees on either side of like your direct line of sight where it will detect the Wiimote pointing if that makes sense um, but overall pretty cool. It's pretty good. And also like, because the, you know, the Oculus isn't like a, doesn't have a crazy high resolution. Um, even though, you know, the Wii games are in standard definition, they don't look too bad, um, in VR. So it's still not like as crisp as like a native game would be for the Oculus, but, uh, not too bad considering. So I was about to ask your Oculus or Vive and I guess... We have the answer to that, but do you know if the it works with the the motion controllers for like the Vive or I don't know if do you have the uh, Oculus motion controllers? So I do have the Oculus Touch motion controllers. Um, apparently, in apparently the developer of Dolphin VR hates Palmer Lucky um, and <laughs> doesn't like Oculus at all. So he has uh, he has vowed to not support the touch controllers for Wiimote emulation. <laughs> Which is a lot more of the reason I had to go through this uh, Jerry process. But I did have a Wiimote lying around, and actually at twenty two bucks, uh, that IR bar is pretty reasonable. Um, is fairly reasonable. But with the Vive, I think you can emulate a Wiimote using the Vive touch controllers. Have you nice. since you've had this for a while? Um, have you showed Shelly's parents the virtual reality stuff at all? I have. Um, and so it's been really been really interesting. What they so. They, uh, it's safe to say they are not gamers. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, they're, I don't know, like 64, uh, no, 66, 67. And all the interactive experiences, whether it's like a game or experience, are just like too way much. over, way, like too much. Like it's just, um, you know, they're not used to controlling things with game controllers or game pads um, or really dealing with video games at all. So uh, even though it's fairly intuitive, I, I find that, like, that's just, like, a little too much for them. Um, what what they, like, are delighted by, believe it or not, is, like, 360-degree video. Really? Which, which, to me, is, like, the most boring thing you can do in VR. It's totally non-interactive. It's, like fairly static you're just kind of looking around it's something pre-filmed but there was this uh like in the jaunt app which uh jaunt is a is a sort of like a vr an aggregator of vr content they also have a whole bunch of like vr filming equipment that they um that they you know essentially sell the content creators um and they fund a bunch of content as well but anyways there was this uh like look behind the scenes uh, for The Lion King, the Broadway production. 
And they essentially set up like a 360-degree camera in various scenes in The Lion King. And so when you watch it, you feel like you're on the stage with the performers. Uh, something that like I might watch for about 30 seconds and be like, okay, that's cool. Like They were over the moon about it. They were totally <laughs> amazed by it. So um, that's like what I found with the parents, uh, which is interesting. That's interesting, yeah. One of these the, the thing I don't like about... Uh, video experiences in VR is that there's no positional tracking. Mm-hmm. So uh, I feel like that's what really sells the fact that you're there. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. It's the real effect. It gives you presence or whatever yeah. you call it. So speaking of presence, there's this other game um, that I got. It was on sale for like 12 bucks or something. It's called The Windlands. And that is the game where I've experienced like the biggest amount of presence where like you really feel... You really feel like you're there. I mean, the graphics aren't that... It's not the graphics. The graphics are okay. They're not incredible. Um, but I got a sense, like a true sense of like, you know, fear of heights almost uh, when playing this game. You're essentially... Um, it's a first-person game, and you have... In each of your hands, through the touch controllers, you have like these grappling hooks that you can then grab onto trees... And you can you're essentially like swinging all around this um, this expansive sort of virtual world, kind of like Spider-Man by grappling onto these trees, and you're like way above the ground, and you know you can be like hanging by the grappling hooks and just looking down, and like your palms are sweaty because you you're like you're freaking out. You're like, oh my god, I feel like I'm about to fall, um, and that's a level of presence that I had not felt in any other game. And it's incredible. It's really hard to describe, but it is, um, it's pretty intense, but it's one of those games that like will definitely make you motion sick. If you were susceptible to be motion sick. Yeah. I'm very most susceptible to motion sickness. And, uh, I have to be like very careful about the VR experiences, you know? Yeah. But, uh, I, I, I still really want you to try this thing out somehow. Uh, sometime because it's pretty incredible. Oh yeah, I mean this this I'm watching it right now. Actually, it looks it looks perfect for VR. I have um, a kind of um, desire to get into VR, but uh, I have to uh, convince the wife first. Uh, I did actually convince her to get into the HTC Vive at Micro Center. <laughs> and oh, she, nice. did, she didn't have a terrible experience, so this might happen. I think the biggest thing we need now is like a free room to uh, put it into. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I guess that's kind of a Vive requirement. I, I, I would probably go for the HTC Vive instead of the Oculus. They seem like they're pretty comparable in terms of like hardware specs, uh, but. I guess I'm more of like the Valve Steam like ecosystem. Um, I'm more like I'm pretty heavily invested in that, so it seems like if anyone's gonna make it work, the Steam with like a total like they've totally like cornered the PC gaming market. If anyone could, you know, make VR, you know, ecosystem work, I think they're probably um the best bet. But I I understand like Oculus is, you know, probably a little bit more polished hardware uh definitely like lighter i think right yeah it's well i haven't actually tried the vibe so i can't i don't know 
for certain, but I have read that it's lighter. And I can tell you that after using the the uh, the Oculus, like I even the Oculus, I feel like should be lighter. Um, you know, wearing it for a while can be kind of annoying. It definitely puts like the goggle imprint on my face, um, which is um, not great. Uh, so I can't really imagine having a heavier headset. I feel like that would just like be a little bit more unpleasant. Also, I think setting up the light boxes or the sensors for the Vive seems like much more of a hassle than the Oculus. And then finally, I will say the Oculus store, it's just, the Oculus is very like intuitive and user friendly. So, you know, I can, I can just put it on my face and the Oculus app will automatically like start up. It'll sense that it's being worn and the Oculus app will automatically start up my computer and I'll be like launched into the sort of like storefront. Hmm. Um, so it's just, I don't know. It, it, it seems less like I, the vibe just seems like a bit more hacky, but that's, that's both a good and a bad thing. Like I would say that there's pros and cons to that. Um, and I think there, you know, the Vive does have more developer support at this stage, um, but Oculus has the checkbook. So yeah, I feel like that's for me the the point where I I put more faith in the Oculus just because they do have. Uh, I mean, Facebook seems a lot more financially committed to it than Valve does to the uh, to the Vive. Yeah, well, I feel like I feel like um, Valve could open the floodgates at any time if they saw themselves getting traction i think they're not doing that because they're just not sure how it's going to play out just vr in general i think is what they're concerned about but like you know they're a private company and they they don't have that many employees but they're making so much money i'm sure they've got billions of dollars in in cash reserves that they could invest in vr if they wanted to yeah i mean i think uh did you read the the gabe newell's there were a couple like slight kind of interviews with him this week. Yeah. Like, discuss this. Yeah. He just seems like, yeah, he, I, I think his comment was like, uh, we're prepared for VR to like fall on its face or something like that. Um, they just haven't really fully committed to it. I feel most of the games are cross platform. So you can use the Oculus to play games that were designed for the Vive. So uh, Rob, to your comment about like valve and, you know, they, they did make a like this like this free collection of mini games for VR to, that they think they developed just to sort of like demonstrate what was possible. And that's actually one of my favorite experiences for the Oculus. There's this archery mini game, which is super fun. You're basically, it's like a tower defense type of game, but you're on the tower of this castle. And there's all these like little stick figures that are trying to get into your um into the castle by knocking down a door and you have to you know literally like notch arrows in a bow and and take them out and it's you know there's a number of ways of enemies that will that will come at you it's a lot of fun so um if nothing else everything's pretty cross-platform at this point so um whatever direction you go and i definitely urge you to to make the jump um (laughs) (laughs) uh mostly for selfish reasons so i have more people to play with um in any event, you'll be able to, you know, play pretty much everything. Okay. 
All right, cool. Well, uh, I think uh, I think that's our show for today. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Tom, and thank you, Rob. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, it was a bit chaotic. Yeah. But so, uh, we'll leave know. some of that drama in there. Yeah, got to keep it interesting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks, guys. Have a uh, have a good weekend. All right, you too. Take care. Have a good one. Bye.